Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, hello, Kathy. We're uh, uh, in uh, End Times Friday today. I know uh, everybody is looking forward yeah. to this. I have been too, but I've uh, heard a lot of feedback. People are really enjoying yeah, this Yeah, really, really enjoying as we get into the, uh, and it's probably, yeah, it'd be nice to do it all at once, but at the same time, um, it's probably it's probably the right perspective of, yes. there's, uh, it's, a, it's both that, you know, pay attention, uh, we've read in Revelation, you know, chapter one, uh, blessed are you mm-hmm. who hear, follow, and obey, yeah. you know, what I'm going to speak to you through this uh, understanding, you know, so uh, it's important. Uh, right. But at the same time, uh, it's not urgent. Right. Uh, that And even, yeah, even just that, um, the fact that we are talking about, you know, and, and exemplifying what it looks like to discern God's will and to abide with him and all of that. That's what we need to be doing in the midst of it. We're watching at the same time, like you said, but but the crux of what we're doing is walking in an intimate abiding relationship with him. Right. And he leads us through all of this. That's right. So it really, I think you're right. I think it's a great balance actually to kind of slow people down to simply pay attention, but be in intimate relationship with him. Right, right, and to absorb it, because um, it is so much. Uh, True. Of all the the content, uh, that it almost has to be taken slow, mm-hmm. just to uh, you know ponder it. And again, we urge people as you're looking at this is go spend time in the Word around what these verses are, so you can start to receive uh, things yeah. yourself. Uh, and again, take your time and put it in perspective of it's not necessarily your primary abiding, but it would be a chance to add something as you mm-hmm. as you can, you know, into the process. And we've talked about Jesus said, you know, watch the signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the same time, he said, you know, get ready, be prepared, uh, pay attention. And but don't try to predict the day, the date right, uh, right. that it's going to happen. And again, all we can say is, you know, for 2,000 years, the church has fundamentally believed, well, this is going to happen in our time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were things that was happening uh, that they could say, well, it's, it's this. You know, it looks like it's this. Um, and, and we know by since we're still here and, and they haven't gone through the tribulation or the return of Christ, that uh, they were they were not correct, you know, right. Right. <laughs> uh, and yet it you know what we can say is well, seems like it's closer, and and we could say yeah, and, and at the same well, time we are definitively propelling forward. Yes, that's so. right. Um, <laughs> so we are closer by nature, and um, uh, we could be. You know, it's one of those things that you know could this be happening in our in our lifetime? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. At the same time. Um, 
our, our great great grandkids a <laughs> hundred years from now could be saying oh yeah you know my opa wrote about this stuff and this is what he thought it right. was like but guess what it's way different you know today so um mm-hmm. we got to pers- put it in perspective but it is important uh yes. and and we can say that we can we can observe uh the signs that, that we're mm-hmm. seeing and just a couple that i'd like to highlight uh today that have happened recently um one is uh israel uh remember we talked about israel returned as a nation yes uh and that they are going to be one of uh, the keys to the whole uh conclusion of the end because Mm -hmm. uh, the world comes against them uh, and tries to annihilate them and they're not successful Uh, and what happens is they decide because the technology uh, hasn't worked that uh, they're going to march against them with 200 million people mm-hmm. uh, because they're going to go back to basically hand-to-hand combat uh, and not worry about you know missiles and things because they can't kill that many people. So let's go to hand-to-hand combat because they don't have that many people. So right now it's only seven, eight million people live in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, so 200, okay. I mean, and it's interesting enough, and that number always struck me, by the way, is that... 200 million versus 7 million that seems way out of proportion right you know you don't need that many uh but it's such an overwhelming number is that they've decided we're not taking any chances you know Mm -hmm. and it's going to be an army of 200 million people which is shocking um but some of the things that have happened interesting enough uh, along this lines of the technology uh israel um a few weeks ago kathy uh, tested a new technology. Mm-hmm. Um, they have what's called the Iron Dome, uh, and it basically uh, is able to uh, distinguish and then uh, shoot down uh, missiles that are that would be what we call reasonably local. So they're right. pri- they're primarily coming from Hamas in the Gaza Strip and Hezbollah in Lebanon, mm-hmm. um, and that's primarily where they've come from. And they're short-term missiles, and they can see them come up and shoot them down. Well, they tested um, a replacement technology. Uh, oh, yeah, you were telling me this yeah, was coming. It's, yeah, it's based on uh, lasers, and uh, now it can handle long-term missiles uh, oh, and, and be much more foolproof even against short-term missiles. So mm-hmm. uh, they tested it. It worked. They're going to be putting it in place in the next you know six months. Uh, which, by the way, as we look at signs, is that well, they're developing the technical capability to prevent the world from annihilating them. Mm. Um, and they're almost, you could almost say they're pretty close to having it. Uh, right. Which is why the Battle of Armageddon. Oh, so, that's fascinating, so right? So we, we could say, huh, uh, is, this, is this the time? Because they are, it is happening you know, right in front of You're us. Seeing, yeah, something to pay attention to. Yep. Um, and by the way, um, Hezbollah, again, they're a, they're a radical group out of uh, basically northern Israel, uh, Lebanon. Um, they are making noises that they're going to attack Israel, mm. um, and it hasn't. They haven't done it, uh, and Israel already has has come against them and said, "Remember what happened to Hamas just right. a month ago." If you do this, 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna right. come after you. And this and is two separate groups. Two Hamas separate. Two separate. Okay. Two, they're they're all radical uh, Muslims, mm -hmm. and they do cooperate together, but there are two different geographies and led right. by two two different leaderships, um, with okay. the same purpose, by the way, of el yeah. eliminating Israel. Uh, so there's noises that they're making noises and hasn't happened yet, uh, and it'll be interesting to see. I believe there's. Uh, uh, and there was a slight test of Bennett, who's the new prime minister. Right, he, he when they sent in the incendiary balloons, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. put in the incendiary balloons. It didn't, they shot him down and right. they they basically- Was that Hezbollah that did that? That was Hamas. Or was that Hamas? That was okay. Hamas. Uh, and they okay. stopped it and Hamas didn't push it any further. Okay. Uh, it was just like, yeah, hey, let's just see what they do. Um, and Bennett shot him down. Uh, right. So I believe if Hezbollah does it, it'll be another test. I don't think it'll last mm -hmm. long. I think it'll be, well, let's see what he does. Um, mm -hmm. How does he handle us? Because they're trying to test, you know, the leadership of, uh, and we do know that because he compromised to get into leadership, we don't know what those compromises were. Right. We do, we know he made them. And we'll mm -hmm. see the extent of them over the next, you know, six to 12 months. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, Another thing that you know that happened is uh, we've we've talked about the economy uh, and the economic system, uh, and that is that uh, we're going through right now a period of inflation, which we hadn't gone through really since two thousand and eight. And so, um, normally, when inflation happens, the Fed uh, wants to control it and not let it get out of hand, right? To keep things stable. Uh, so what they do is uh, they raise interest rates, mm -hmm. which then cause businesses to have to be much more competitive to be able to survive in the marketplace. And they wind up not raising prices. They, their profits shrink uh, and, it, mm -hmm. and it tends to cause a recession, but they don't keep raising prices because uh, there's a resistance to that. Um, right. And, and, and businesses that start experiencing slower sales, one of their techniques is to lower prices. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a natural economic cycle. So it, yes, it's a cycle that does bring inflation under control. It usually. does. It does. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so uh, we're going through this period of inflation and um, just it just came out that it's five and a half percent. That's a big number. Mm -hmm. That's a huge number, yes. Um, and that means that, you know, if that continues over the next two or three years, you know, you, the cost of things, and by the way, the whole thing is a little bit funny anyway, because they don't include fuel, they don't include food, you know, mm -hmm. they don't, there's lots of things they don't include that you and I know. That we feel, <laughs> Wait a the, minute. We feel the punch. <laughs> We've been experiencing still. <laughs> that for a while, you know, so that's inflation. Right. It, does, it is inflation. Right. Um, but um, if that continues, then everything will cost, you know, 20 to 30% more in about two mm -hmm. or three years, you know, which is a big, big uh, increase. Right. Uh, so normally the Fed would do it. Well, the Fed has come out and stated um, that it's transitory. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. Uh, and that means well, are it's not some beginning dissenting views on that though, right? Some of them, there, yeah. Some of them there are, are a few that uh, are starting to say maybe eh, not. Maybe not. <laughs> um, so um, it's going to be um, uh, uh, 
a situation where they say it's transitory. And the reason mm -hmm. they say that is they really are, are in a position economically, and this is macroeconomics, mm -hmm. they can't raise interest rates. Right. Because if they did, then the interest being paid by these governments would be so high that it would collapse the system automatically. Right. So they, they are saying, well, it's transitory because they, they people are, if they, they said it's, it's a long-term, it could be a long-term issue, then say, they would mm -hmm. say, why aren't you raising interest rates? Well, they can't. And they don't, but they don't mm. want to say they can't. Uh, right. So it's going to be interesting to watch. So that's an interesting economic issue of, is that setting up some of the potential? Because remember, when the tribulation comes, it's going to come out of an economic collapse. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 then the one world government, which by the way will be supported by the central banks, um, will establish a a resolution to that. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be hey, we'll take care of your debt. Uh, we will uh, be, get you uh, income. We'll get you stable. Uh, get your supplies back. Um, won't that be a good idea? And if you if you surrender to the one world government. In other words, we in America would no longer be governed by America. We, right. we would be governed by the one world government that everybody mm -hmm. in the world joins. And, and there's a willingness to do that. And yes. And we kind of saw just with COVID, we saw a glimpse into how something like that could actually happen, I believe. Right. Because we saw a crisis that hit every country and the response and the impact of that, and then how readily people wanted, you know, one group kind of telling us what to do and, and you know, who's stepping in and, and all of that and everybody coming under that so easily. Right. Um, uh, and so, you know, is this being set up? Again, I don't believe it's imminent, but there's pressures mm -hmm. uh, that are being built up uh, that could lead, if they if they had a desire to, could lead to a collapse and then could lead mm -hmm. obviously to the tribulation. Um, uh, and then um, again, and, and this is just in relationship to uh, chaos uh, and the implications of the, of the tribulation and the potential uh, processing of it is that, mm -hmm. you know, the government came out and said that they're gonna go, <laughs> they're gonna go door to door and verify that everyone's had a vaccine. Um, mm. And, it's, you know, uh, it's not about that and it's not about political positions of that. Um, it's really more of the, uh, and by the way, I know things about administration and mm -hmm. logistics. I'm telling everybody that ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, no, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to, you're not right. going to, the whole country isn't going to have somebody go door to door uh, and but they're just speaking it mm -hmm. out of hey by the way um, we we would like you to mm -hmm. um, and so what I believe is that the implication of that is more theological than it is political uh, and that's mm -hmm. it's member it's principalities and powers and we're being conditioned to a one world government now remember this is what's going right. to happen. Saying, right. saying, this is the way things are going to operate, and you need to conform to that. Yeah. Um, and so, 
it was just another interesting uh, right. thing, kind of right. like we just talked about with COVID, where the whole world surrendered to it. Um, it's like, huh, um, we today can see mm-hmm. now the possibility of it. Right. Uh, on right. A, on it definitely a, gave us a good window into how this can happen and we've seen a significant amount of desensitization towards some of these things. Right, right, on a worldwide basis. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, the implication of it, it isn't really about whether you do or don't. We've talked about that of, you know, that's a decision that God will lead you to if you just have a heart to. And and, I, and, right. and, and there's no yes or no, like it's absolute. It's just God, some of them, God says yes to some and no to others. So um, mm-hmm. that isn't it. Uh, it's, a, it's about the conditioning Uh, And the thought of it, of we would like to, because ultimately the one world government absolutely will be telling you what you're going to do. Right. Um, And it'll be interesting enough. We'll actually talk about it today, Kathy. We're going to get into uh, these beasts with Daniel. And one of them is Rome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Rome, and we'll get into this, uh, is called the Pax Romana, Romana, Peace of Rome. Okay. And that is um, that you can have peace mm-hmm. and you can have kind of semi-freedom as long as you conform mm-hmm. to the system. Oh, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting because they conquered, they would go and conquer you uh, and they'd take everything over. Mm-hmm. And then they said, we're going to tax you, but guess what? If you conform and don't cause us trouble and let us rule, mm-hmm. we're going to put the taxes right back into your local community. We're going to build all kinds of cool stuff. Um, you can have, you can walk around with with pretty good freedom. If you, of course, if you if you don't conform, we're going to arrest you and kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had they had what's called what's called, which we read in the Bible, uh, centurions. Right. Okay. Centurion is is a leader of a hundred men. Mm-hmm. Centurion, century, hundred. Well, guess what? Everywhere they conquered, they had soldiers everywhere, just standing around, observing. If you cause trouble, we're gonna arrest you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna and we're gonna kill you. Um, and so, however, if you conform. You can live in peace, Pax Romana. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll talk about that a little bit today. Uh, and so I think that's what the potential is, is that uh, it's, it's just an interesting thing is, is the government wants to, and they said they want to go door to door, which ain't going to happen. But um, it's just saying, everybody, we are going to try to tell you what we think you should do. Right. Um, and and that, you just see one more step of that, that desensitization to freedoms being taken away. Right, right. And, and kind of, you know, and in, in, in a case where there are many people who are passionate about people getting the vaccine. And so they see that as a freedom worth giving up in order for a greater cause. Right. And, you know, on both sides, you'll see things going like that. And so I think that's important to see, okay, this is, this is some foreshadowing. This is certainly setting the stage, um, regardless for things to, to be shifting and for us to accept things. Right. And when, and again, what we're, what we're trying to say, uh, throughout the entire podcasting and particularly today is, um, 
don't drift into political debate. Um, it's, well, Father, so Father, what would you have me understand and what would you speak to me? Because remember, we're talking about the spiritual stuff mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be worldwide. And so it's not going to matter what political persuasion you are um, right. or debating that, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to win and you're going to lose and uh, I'm going to force you to and all that. And in fact, it, that's a distraction. It's a distraction. It's focusing on. That's what we're trying to say is, is don't let the political process capture your attention and distraction mm -hmm. um, and say, I'm going to go spend my energy there because I'm going to make this world better. Mm -hmm. uh, and God says, well, that first of all, that ain't going to happen. Um, and secondly, is there stuff going on in a spiritual realm that I would like God speaking my children to understand, realize, and, and see so that they can be mm -hmm. given my, my blessed life? Because um, yes. that doesn't surprise me. So uh, as we talk about that, we talked last time about Daniel chapter 9, mm -hmm. uh, the 70 weeks. Uh, that we explained the 69 um, uh, have a actually already occurred through Christ. And they were exact. It was really amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one week left. Um, and one week is seven years. Uh, each mm -hmm. day is a, is a, a year. Uh, there's seven years left. Um, and it's called uh, the tribulation. Um, right. And it's both, it's broken into two sections, three and a half mm -hmm. years, which is when the uh, beast and the Antichrist gets put in place um, and the Antichrist establishes himself as God, which we'll talk a little bit about today in the middle, mid-trib. And then God's wrath, because he does that, that brings God's wrath in the last three and a half mm -hmm. years. And then they attack Israel with the 200 uh, million at, at the uh, Valley of Megiddo and Armageddon, and Christ returns. Mm -hmm. um, and then everybody is uh, killed except the Jews uh, who are living. We are raptured somewhere in there. We'll talk about that. Um, and we get to come back with them um, and mm -hmm. reign for a thousand years on earth. And then a new heaven and a new earth is created. So um, Daniel said there's seven weeks left. Um, and now he describes um, kind of uh, going backwards. And remember, um, a lot of both Daniel Revelation is uh, not all sequential, but mm -hmm. different pieces of it. Right. Uh, so in Daniel 7, it describes, in a sense, uh, the history of the church with this one week left. And it talks, it talks about what happens in that one week. So if you read, uh, go ahead and read Daniel 7, okay. uh, 1 through 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And the four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man and the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, the second one, like a bear, it was raised up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth and it was told, arise, devour much flesh. 
After this, I looked and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with his feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it. And it had 10 horns. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Daniel says, hey, by the way, the fourth beast was different. Mm-hmm. So it's completely and that and that's going to uh, we're going to have implication with that as we try to describe what happens during the tribulation. It's different than the, the history of mankind. So there's something that okay. happens that's different because uh, Daniel said the other three beasts, which he's going to uh, lay out here and we're going to uh, see it. Um, is, the, you know, how things normally progressed with nations. And he said the fourth one's going to be different. Um, and by the way, <laughs> he says it has 10 horns. Uh, mm. Well, when we get into Revelation, we learn about those 10 horns of the beast. And so he's saying, I'm talking about the last one, the last mm-hmm. week. Uh, this is going to happen during the last week. Okay, so he describes these four beasts. Um, and let me let me set the context again. Uh, is... Um, this is coming out of uh, uh, Israel. Uh, Jeremiah uh, was a prophet, mm-hmm. and he basically spoke to the nation of Israel and said, "You've you've not followed God speaking. You're not following God. You're not following mm-hmm. me. You've gone your own way. Uh, you rebel against me because you don't care about what I have to deliver to you. And I've been delivering the covenant, but you've rejected that." Um, if you repent, I will not bring judgment against you, which, by the way, at the moment is is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they basically say, ah, eh, we don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we repent. we're not repenting at all because um, we don't believe it. And so Jeremiah says, uh, God, nobody's listening to me. <laughs> and they're not repenting. You know, what do I do? And um, he says, okay, stop telling him to repent. Mm-hmm. Uh, judgment is coming. Um, now, uh, you can say there's a remnant Mm -hmm. now that judgment is coming. Um, do you have a heart to follow me and let me, uh, take you into it? It's going to be a new life because you're going to be captured. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still deliver the covenant to you. You still can live a, a life to be a blessed, to be a blessing. It'll be different than you're used to, but I promise you that if you have a heart to go. Um, called the remnant, uh, and we'll mm-hmm. get into that. Uh, so <laughs> most of them said, eh, we don't believe it. Um, right. And they all got killed uh, by Nebuchadnezzar, who's from Babylonia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, the ones that believed it, he said, get out of the city, surrender, and, I'll, and go to Babylonia, and I'll give you this grand life. Okay, well, one of those uh, people, uh, by the way, they destroyed the temple. Mm-hmm. So they, they ruined the temple and destroyed the city, and, and uh, it was ruined. Um, Daniel was one of those people. Right. As a young boy, he, he and his family, uh, we, we're going to be part of the remnant. We, we believe we're surrendering. He got captured and, t- and taken to Babylonia. Uh, and we know that you know Daniel 1 through 6 has these beautiful stories of um, 
his uh, um, uh, test of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, where he's, you know, don't eat the food, don't eat what's in the king. Hey, you're part of the prophets. They're all going to be killed if you don't interpret this dream. You're going to get caught in the fire if you don't worship this idol. Um, uh, you keep praying like you're praying. We're going to throw you in the lion's den, you know. So he went through all those things. Um, but he, he, but God preserved him and saved him. Um, right. And by the way, this is, uh, and again, you're, it's six chapters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, we, and again, because of our, the way we think of time, we read six chapters. We think, okay, well, that must have happened in about about a year, right? Um, so, yes, we uh, do that. And it's it's about sixty to seventy years, and he wow. made it. He made it through numerous kings. Uh, mm. That uh, so the test, you know, weren't constant. He actually was blessed, and once in a while, he had to say, "I'm not willing to compromise." And God, mm. you know, God preserved him. So he has these four beasts. Uh, now this is not Babylonia because he's already in that. Okay. Um, so he's not describing Babylonia or Nebuchadnezzar. He's saying, here, here are the guys that are, that are going to come, um, and they're going to be world basically at the at the moment worldwide occupiers mm-hmm. of the lands, the, the of the known lands. Um, okay. So the first one. Uh, is the Medes and Persians. Um, and Daniel actually lived, started to live into this uh, because he was part of Darius and Cyrus uh, who were of the Medes and Persians and they came and mm-hmm. captured uh, Babylonia. Uh, and this is from 539 uh, BC to 334 BC. Okay. Um, and by the way, in the middle of that um, is Nehemiah. So Zerubbabel, Ezra, mm-hmm. Nehemiah, they rebuild the temple. Ezra rebuilds the wall. The nation of Israel is restored during the Medes and Persians. Okay. Um, now, they're not independent. Um, so they're not a nation independent, but they're operating again as a nation. And because the temple's been rebuilt, they allow them to go and worship again. And sacrifice okay. and do all these things. Um, so uh, they've now they now are a nation under mm-hmm. the Medes and Persians. That's the beast number one, okay. from five th- five thirty nine to three thirty four. Okay, next uh, comes the Greeks. Uh, the next uh, beast is Alexander the Great, um, uh, the Greeks, and it starts in three thirty four B.C. to one sixty four uh, B.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they did uh, is uh, it's called the Hellenization of the conquered uh, nations. And they set it up into uh, actually would be very similar to what we live in America. And that's cities and states. Okay. Uh, so that's, it's one big gigantic uh, land because they've, they've taken over. Uh, you know, Italy, they've taken over uh, Jerusalem, the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, up into Europe. Uh, the Greeks are running the whole thing, and it's a confederation of states. Okay. So they operate as cities, and they're organized in these these states. So Israel would have been a state. Okay. Um, and, okay, you guys live in Israel, and you live in Jerusalem, you know, et cetera. Um, and interesting enough... The Greeks 
were the ones that introduced the first form of a a uh, kind of a pseudo democracy. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Um, so they developed uh, rational thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and they the way they operated was, okay, now we're under, you're under our control. And they had a central government. Uh, but locally, you can kind of vote and put in place the people you want to put in place. Now, th- those mm-hmm. people have to conform. Uh, to us. So it's not a pure democracy uh, like we're used to, where, you know, somebody, if they're elected, well, I'm going to be independent. Um, No, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you are going to come under our leadership. Um, So uh, they assimilated the Jews. um, And at the same time, the Jews maintained their identity. Mm -hmm. But the Greeks wouldn't let them remain purely Jewish okay. and say, okay, you can do whatever you want. No. Yeah. You can, you can, you can keep doing what you're doing as a worship and all that, but mm-hmm. you have to assimilate into our society. Uh, okay. So it means they had to speak Greek. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would, they would be bilingual. They'd, they'd speak Hebrew and, and Greek, but they had to speak Greek. So they had to go to school right. They had to learn Greek. If they want to okay. get, if they want to do business, they got to do Greek. Um, they they were taught the Greek myth deities, all the Zeus and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were highly sensual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lots of nudity, lots of provocative stuff, homosexuality. Um, uh, orgies, that was a common thing in Greece. Right. Um, and so they were, again, trying to push that onto the Jews. Um, uh, the Greek education was required of everybody, not just kids. Mm-hmm. So now when they go to conquer you, which they did, throughout the entire world, everybody, including adults, you had to go to school. Um, and you, oh, get, you, had, you had to learn the Greek uh, education. Um, okay. And of course, little kids would, it, interesting enough, little kids found it easier <laughs> to do than adults. Right, of uh, As course. we can imagine. Um, they uh, brought in what's called the age of reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was cause and effect. Uh, so natural thinking, worldly. Mm-hmm. Uh, though interesting enough, you know, way back then is the basis upon which we Americans tend to do business. Right. I mean, honestly, as you sat and described the things in in ancient Greece there, I couldn't help but see the resemblance in America. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, And we actually got a lot of our principles out of the Greek system. Um, uh, We got it out of the Greek system and we actually got a lot of it out of the English system and the French system uh, Mm -hmm. with Voltaire and and, uh, other people that had spoken about democracy. uh, this was the age of Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, mm-hmm. uh, who were big, you know, Greek philosophers. Um, they uh, brought, in addition to the uh, age of reason, they actually brought in some things that were considered, even by the Jews, to be positive. Um, they changed learning from pure sit in a classroom and listen to a guy 
teach a subject. Right. The Socratic method. Socratic method of discourse. Yeah. Uh, let's mm -hmm. discuss it. Let's process it. You discover it. We're mm -hmm. going to present you truth. Now, of course, you had to get it, um, but um, we're going to discourse. We're going to have discourse and dialogue in our learning. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, uh, the way that God has us abide in the Word is very is that interesting. That is very that way. Socratic method. It's, yeah. it's just hey, come and dialogue with me. And even the 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 words. In, and ask questions. Uh, and, yeah. The words in the Bi uh, in the Bible that talk about disciple mm -hmm. and talk about teaching, the words are come and have discourse with me. Really. Um, and let me let me process with you so that you discover mm -hmm. the truth. Uh, mm -hmm. So they had a little bit of it. Um, they brought the focus on the common good. So we should do things for the betterment of all of us, not just individually. Mm -hmm. um, they they said let's be fair. Let's have our rules be fair, uh, and so they developed that we're yeah they're pretty pretty fair. Um, and then out of it, called what's 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 came and the Greeks actually wrote this, is called the Septuagint Bible, mm -hmm. uh, and that's the Old Testament written in Greek. Oh, interesting. Um, and they they had you know they had interesting enough they had Jews help them, but it was let's make sure we're accurate. Um, and we're going to take the, the Hebrew Bible and translate it to Greek so that more, more Greeks can learn it, which was interesting. Um, right. So the Jews were in this interesting place of, eh, I had some freedom. Um, I learned a few good things. I didn't like the deities. I didn't like the things that mm -hmm. I had to get uh, changed of my culture into the Greek system. Uh, but mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a decent time. Um, they were a nation again. Remember that Nehemiah had brought them back as a nation. Right. Uh, and this is beast number two. Um, okay. Now in that, uh, at the end of this comes um, a leader who basically abandoned all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Antiochus Epiphanes. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't like it. That this he didn't like dialogue. He didn't like this freedom. He didn't like the common good. He wanted to rule again as a dictator, and okay. he got he got put in a position and became a dictator. Um, and so um, in 175 he comes to power, BC. Um, eight years later, uh, he performs what Daniel referred to and Christ refers to it as the abomination of desolation. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you hear that term, what it means is this. He decided that I'm God. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just I'm godly or I'm a human with good, good authority. No, he, says, he said, I am. I am God. Mm -hmm. And everybody has to worship me. And he completely terminated all activity at the temple took everything out of the temple and, and no longer could the Jews worship there. Right. So he stopped it because you got to worship, okay. worship me. Uh, and he destroyed all of the temple items. Um, and he, at that moment stood on in the Holy of Holies in the temple, mm -hmm. um, which by the way, the only, the only one that could go in there was a high priest. And he declared himself the high priest, uh, not by God, but by him. 
Um, and he said, I'm God. And that began in, in 167 um, uh, uh, BC, the persecution of the Jews. Okay. So he, he went after them, uh, killing them, putting them in prison, oppressing them. So all the beautiful things that they had experienced under the Greek rule. Now he's Greek mm -hmm. and Greece completely changed from all the things that they were representing to this dictator. Was he elected in? He was, no, he, no, he got it by power. Uh, okay. Because again, their system, uh, they had some democracy, but democracy was more local. Okay. It was, it was the power struggles at the top okay. that took over, you know, uh, year by year by year. Okay. Um, uh, and so in uh, Matthew 24, uh, Jesus again says, when you see the abomination of desolation right. during the so, tribulation, which is going to be in three and a half so years. So there will be another one. There's going to be another, another one, and it's going, to be the, it's going to be the Antichrist. Right. He's going okay. to do it again and declare himself to be God. He said, when you mm -hmm. see that, hide, because yes. God's, <laughs> God's wrath is coming. Um, mm -hmm. when, when that happens. And it, it goes, we'll, we'll go into a description of that. But it, it already happened historically, and it's, it's known by secular, right. secular historians. So it's not, even, it's not even that Daniel right. said it or Jesus said it. It's known. It's yes. fact. It's okay. a fact, historical fact. They call it the abomination of desolation. And Jesus mm -hmm. said, hey, when you see that happen again, this is it. You know, uh, yeah. uh, and so that's something we're going to be watching for uh, and understanding. Um, okay, um, in 164 um, through 63, uh, still the Greeks are now still in power, uh, but it's called the uh, Hasmonean dynasty and the Maccabean re revolt. And that okay. is that um, because of what he did, and was persecuting the Jews, well, the Jews revolted, and, mm -hmm. they, and they won. Mm. Um, and so they, now they didn't, the Jews didn't take over the Greek empire. All they cared about was, you let us be alone. Just let us be right. ourselves. And through the, called the Hasmonean dynasty and the Maccabean revolt, Greek and not by the way, uh, Epiphanes dies mm -hmm. um, pretty quick after. I mean, within a couple of years after his declaration, so oh, wow. the people realize, uh, well, he ain't got, <laughs> um, and they and the and the Greeks didn't like it either. See, so they right. they were happy. Okay, he's gone. Let's go back to kind mm. of the Greek Greece that we knew, and they kind of did. And by the way, in that, they gave Israel its independence. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. And you don't have to conform anymore to the Greek stuff. Just go ahead and be Jewish in Israel, and you can have Israel. Um, mm -hmm. And and so it's uh, and it's interesting. Very similar to today is that you know Israel's been restored. Um, their desire and uh, goal isn't to take over the Middle East, right? Which is what they didn't didn't do then. See, they 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 didn't want to take over Greece. They just said, let right. us. Take let our take <laughs> take our biblical land, and let mm -hmm. us be independent. Uh, and so and so they were. Okay, next then in sixty three, 
uh, BC comes the Roman Empire. Um, and it goes all the way through 636 AD. So the Roman Empire mm -hmm. was, was there for a long time. Uh, uh, and so uh, uh, the emperor Pompey basically conquered Greece. So all the places of Greece were conquered by Rome and okay. Romans. Um, uh, so from 37 to four, there's a king, uh, the ruler called Herod. Mm -hmm. We know what happened. The right. white, Jesus was born. That was, yes. And what, what did Herod do? He said, I got to kill. Right. I can't have another king. And hey, you wise men told me there's another king. Uh, and the Jews confirmed it in, in um, uh, Jerusalem. Uh, so um, I'm going to kill everybody two years and under, which mm -hmm. they did, which, by the way, God told uh, Mary and Joseph, uh, you need to go to Egypt. Right. And right. by the way, I'm going to give you gold, frankincense, and myrrh so you can have plenty of stuff. I uh, love the provision yeah. <laughs> that you have in that. I, I always think that's just such a beautiful thing to see. Uh, so now, um, they remember, everybody had learned Greek. Mm -hmm. The Romans bring Latin. But what they don't do is say, okay, everybody has to learn Latin. They just said, if you want to keep speaking Greek, speak Greek. Um, okay. And they started to integrate uh, the cultures of, of kind of combination of stuff that they were doing in Greece and the new Roman uh, culture. And the Romans had their own separate myths and deities. Okay. Um, so they, they kind of played off of the Greeks, but they said, well, we have our own. So right. you can you can follow. There are some parallels. There's there's though. some parallels, and they would call them the god of war and the god right, of love right. and all this stuff. Um, so they were very very similar. Um, and Herod uh, went through a great building program. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, on the beneficial side is he he chose Israel, and said. I'm going to build, rebuild all your cities. And he, and he did. Mm. Um, he built a massive palace at Caesarea that you can go visit. Uh, the oh, it's still standing? The remains of it today. Okay. And you can tell the magnitude of it uh, mm. is, is beyond, beyond. Um, it's massive. And it was mm -hmm. luxurious. Um, and it would be... You know, if you if you ever been to Buckingham Palace in uh, England? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, that's magnificent, right? Mm -hmm. It was probably four times bigger than that. Oh, wow. Um, it, was, it was massive. And then he built a vacation palace at Masada. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which we know about Masada. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, uh, he remodeled the temple and built the retaining walls mm -hmm. of the Temple Mount. And the one retaining wall is called the Wailing Wall. Mm. That was rebuilt by Herod. Wow. And it's still, okay. it, it still ex exists today. Okay. Yeah, you have visited that. You can, you can go you visit talk it. talk about it, yeah. Um, and he had rebuilt the, uh, the temple. Mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, let the Jews worship in the temple. Um, uh, he re now, he didn't rebuild it. He remodeled it. I would say remodeled it because it was, it was okay. there and it was being used, but he remodeled it. Okay. Uh, in 27 through 14 AD, uh, so 27 BC to 14 AD is Caesar okay. Augustus. Okay. Um, and so Caesar, uh, and he's the one 
that introduced what I just described to you as the Pax Romana. Okay. The peace of Rome. He was ruthless in conquering. And, mm-hmm. and they'd go in and they'd, they would uh, attack and kill and basically get the leadership of the new era. You know, like, and they would go into places like Germany, France, uh, mm-hmm. Italy, um, and you have to surrender to me. And of course they would, because otherwise they'd all get killed. He right. said, okay, now that you've surrendered to me, I'm going to set up what's called Pax uh, Romana, the peace of uh, Rome. Um, and interesting enough, because of the word gospel, it was called the gospel of Rome. Oh, really? It was called the good news uh, from their perspective. Wow. Um, uh-huh. And it was, hey, you get hmm. freedom, you get peace, you get justice and order. Um, hmm. And the only condition is you never come against us. You don't, you know, criminals would get uh, arrested and, and, uh, and killed. Uh, you don't violate any of our policies. Um, don't cause us trouble. Mm-hmm. If you do, your peace is lost. Right. If you do, if you surrender, you get the benefit of that. So as we talk, as we think of now, Jesus is born during this time. Right. Um, uh, and uh, he's living, uh, excuse me, it's, it's, it's 27 AD to 14 AD, uh, excuse me, 27 BC to 14 AD, uh, that um, it's, uh, you know, through this process. When, when we read the Gospels, it seems like they have a lot of freedom. Because mm-hmm. uh, they don't talk about much conflict they're having with the uh, Romans. Right. Although we hear about Roman centurions. Right. Guess what? There's a soldier on every street corner. Um, mm. They're all there all the time. Um, and they, they want you to know, you know, I, I'm in charge. Um, and so you, you know, you again would, the taxes would be used for local um, as long as you cooperate with us, uh, you'll be you'll be benefited from it. Um, uh, from 14 uh, uh, A.D. to 37 A.D. Uh, is uh, Tiberius, uh, and he was a great uh, Roman gen- uh, general, uh, and he expanded into Germany, and he left Israel alone uh, to the local uh, prefects. Okay. Um, and one of the local prefects, uh, uh, by the way, now you know, remember Caesar's, uh, he's, he's, he's died in 14 AD. Um, so it's 14 AD into 37 AD. Well, in the middle of that uh, is 33 AD. That's when, right. Christ, that's when Christ died. Okay, one of the local prefects, uh, the leaders of the local uh, uh, place, which was Jerusalem, mm-hmm. was Pilate. Yes. And Pilate is in Jerusalem. Uh, and by the way, it's again historical that it's not just what the Bible says that Pilate was there. It's, it's a known historical right. fact. Pilate was the leader of Jerusalem, the Roman leader right. of Jerusalem. Um, uh, and so he's there uh, during uh, Christ's time. Uh, after uh, Tiberius is Caligula, and I think you've heard about him from 37 to 41, uh, he did an ambitious building program, um, especially <laughs> his own palaces. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the one that built the aqueducts. 
Okay. Uh, and and they're fantastic. They're they're phenomenal. I have visited some of them. Yeah, those. and yeah. they're they're remarkable. Um, and however, he's known for his sexual perversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you've heard the word Caligula is effective with orgies and sexuality, and uh, that's what he did. From forty-one to fifty-four is Claudius, uh, and he had an ambitious building program, um, and he built roads and aqueducts, and he conquered Britain. Okay. So you can see that they went into all of Europe. Right. From 54 to 66 is Nero. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he was nuts. Uh, <laughs> so he burned Rome. And interesting enough, not a lot of people knew this. They just thought he was crazy. The reason he burned it was he wanted to clear the land to build a new palace for himself. Oh, you're kidding. So he burned down the city. So because wow. I want to have my land, you know, uh, he was nuts. Uh, and he persecuted the Christians. And that's the time that the, uh, uh, they would be in the Colosseum with the lions. Okay. Uh, they would burn them at the cross, you know, right. and that was... So persecuted the Christians. Do you know how the treatment of the Jews were during that time? They would be the same. Also? Uh, okay. It was Jews and Christians uh, were being okay. persecuted by uh, Nero because uh, he was nuts. Uh, then in 66 to 70... Because of his persecution, again, it's, uh, there's a revolt by the Jews mm-hmm. and the Christians. Um, and they tried to regain rule in Jerusalem and overthrow uh, the Romans. Uh, well, guess what, by the way? During that time, the Essenes, who were the, call them the historians mm-hmm. uh, of, of Israel, they took all the Bible scrolls and hid them in caves because they suspected that eh, mm-hmm. we don't know how this is going to work out. Right. And today, and we'll talk about this later, it's called the Dead Sea Scrolls, right. the Qumran Scrolls. They hid them in right. the caves of Qumran. And they've been located again now. And they've been yes. located again. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, uh, when Israel became a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'll talk about that um, you know, again later. Um, and then... Um, from 70 AD, Titus, uh, who's the new uh, prefect or the new emperor, attacks Masada, mm-hmm. which is an outpost outside of Jerusalem. Um, and um, he attacks them and destroys the temple at the same time. And of course, the people of Masada, they wound up all committing suicide uh, because they didn't want to be killed by the Romans. Um, mm-hmm. And you can go visit that spot, by the way. Um, and then that began the Jewish and Christian diet, what's called the diaspora, okay. leaving the Middle East mm-hmm. and going out into the rest of the world because they could right. go elsewhere and not be persecuted because right. they, they just lost their temple. They lost worship um, and it's not a good place to stay. So they did. Um, and interestingly, in that diaspora is how the gospel spread so far. Right. As well. Um uh, and in 130 in 135 AD, uh, then Jerusalem that had been destroyed is rebuilt as a Roman city. Um, from 280 to 337 AD is Constantine, and because by that time Christianity has become so prominent mm-hmm. that Constantine, who becomes the emperor of Rome, says, "You know what? This is it. This is the right stuff. Everybody has to become mm-hmm. a Christian." And it was it was it was forced upon you. Uh, you became a Christian. And again, if you were, became a Christian, you got privileges. If you didn't, you either were killed or you lost all your privileges. 
Interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, and he he ruled that way. And three three twenty five is the uh, Nicene Creed and the establishment of the understanding of the Trinity. Okay. God is 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 one, and He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all that now became clear to everybody. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's called the Nicene Creed. Um, and he legalized Christianity. Um, and again, um, uh, they had privileges, whether they stayed with it or didn't stay with it, uh, they lost them. Helena was his mother, um, and um, she visits Jerusalem during her trip. And mm-hmm. she was so into all the biblical stuff that she designated uh, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which was there, as the site that Jesus was dead and buried. Um, mm-hmm. She's the one that establishes uh, the Via Della Rosa. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and the Stations of the Cross. Uh, okay. Uh, and so she did all of that. Um, and interesting enough, that was done, <laughs> that was done in uh, you know uh, 300 to 400 A.D., Mm-hmm. And that still is followed today. All the wow. all the stuff that yeah. she established back then. Um, so um, we'll get into uh, the next time we're going to get into Islam because okay. uh, we're out of time right now, uh, kind of going over time. But um, uh, it's um, uh, you know pretty remarkable, um, you know what has occurred uh, with uh, the Muslims. Hmm. I I really so appreciate you sharing all this historical basis in line with the scriptures as well, because this is a lot of stuff. I mean, for me personally, I'll say I, I'm sure I learned some of this in history class growing up. It is long gone from yeah. my memory. <laughs> and so just being able to put the pieces back together as we study this, both historically and in terms of what's to come, so important. And so I appreciate your knowledge of yeah, that and, yeah, and sharing fun. that with us. Yeah. So we'll get into that next time. We'll, we'll revisit some of this and then we'll talk. Good. We're going to talk about Islam. This starts okay. to come into play as we talk through the history of Israel because right. it has bearing on uh, Israel is the common theme throughout this whole thing. Um, and ultimately it's going to impact uh, the end times. Mm-hmm. And it starts with the restoration of Israel in 1947, which which we now are are, are part of. So it's really right. it's really interesting stuff. So anyway, we'll pick it up. If you have questions, you know, send us uh, at um, uh, on the YouTube or mm-hmm. uh, questions at afjministry.com, uh, and um, uh, we'd be happy to take any of your questions about the end times and make sure we bring them up and. Uh, we're going to be spending uh, lots of time through this, so we've mm-hmm. just really started to set the stage. Barely scratching the surface. Uh, because Daniel <laughs> said, hey, there's four beasts. We're describing the three of them, which is mm-hmm. the, throughout the church history. A, and then, by the way, there's a fourth one during the one week left, and he's different. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to understand what that is. So fascinating uh, uh, thank you so much yeah. rich we so enjoy this yeah yep. yep and uh we hope that you'll uh encourage people to uh to come and hear our podcast but also to weigh you know come in on uh uh good times uh end times <laughs> <laughs> end times fridays and we'll just we'll just keep talking about it so it'll be it'll be fun That's so great. kathy have a great weekend and we'll see you thank uh, you, next you too we'll see you monday okay 
Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos. Thank you.